This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. Hi, I'm Rakesh Kamal, editor of Climate Emergency Podcast and host of this episode. In this episode, I talk to independent journalist and trainer Mayank Agarwal about the importance of climate literacy and the need to train media organizations and journalists in fighting climate misinformation. We explore the role of journalists and media organizations in combating this growing problem and discuss the importance of responsible reporting in shaping public opinion and driving meaningful action. So, is climate misinformation a major concern? And if so, what can we do about it? To start with, I asked Mayank to tell us a little about himself. Hi Rakesh, thank you for having me uh, today. I uh, I'm a journalist since 2005 and uh, Since 2010 I have been writing on environmental issues including climate. For the past year or two I have been specifically focusing a lot on uh, climate misinformation and disinformation and uh, doing media trainings around it. You know in your experience what is the role of a climate reporter uh, in addressing uh, climate misinformation and disinformation specifically? Okay I'll start from very basic Rakesh. Uh, I believe that I believe that the first thing a climate reporter needs to work on whether it is whether we talk about misinformation disinformation greenwashing no matter what branch we talk about the first thing that a climate reporter needs to focus on is climate literacy because generally what happens when i talk to people at large or my fellow journalists my colleagues or anybody in the field the very basic requirement is climate literacy how many people understand what climate climate change weather is and uh, how many people believe in that science so first the reporter himself or herself needs to be very clear about uh, what climate weather how climate changes needs to be able to understand the science and needs to be uh, needs to be in a place that the that the reporter can also tell others about it you know it's not just about the reporter understanding it as as the basics of journalism says that we have to tell our stories in a way that our grandparents can understand this so similarly is about the climate we have to tell the story of climate climate change in a way that anyone from our audience can easily grasp it so the first thing for me is climate literacy that a reporter needs to understand and work on so uh, you know in your experience uh, how big is this problem you feel uh the problem of misinformation yes misinformation specific to climate change i'll tell you a story because that's what i do when i was a reporter in 2008 9 when i had when climate change conversations had just started uh you know taking center stage i remember people talking about climate change and discussing climate change as if it is some uh, some concept which is far off over the last like since then in the last 15 years the concept the impact the conversations around climate change they have undergone a sea change i have seen people or i have heard i am conversed with people on the ground in the fields who may not have studied but they are talking about climate change so why i am telling you this story because to understand the percolation of this term this term from being used in policy circles or in closed door meetings or in uh, rooms of scientists and experts is now so commonly used by common people 
that is why when we talk about climate misinformation or any uh, conversation around climate change it is it has become ex- extremely critical because uh, and this is my favorite part that climate is not a conversation in isolation climate change conversation climate change impacts of climate change misinformation it's not a conversation in isolation this conversation is basically if if you just look at it this conversation is everywhere in every work that we are doing if you talk about politics it is there if you talk about sports it is there if you talk about business it is there if you talk about banks risk climate risk it is there if you talk about infrastructure it is there there is just no field left where climate intersectionality is not happening so that is why any information or any uh, malpractice in terms of spreading misinformation can have a huge impact on society and that is why it can it is extremely critical for anyone or any stakeholder in the whole value chain or in the whole system to be wary of climate misinformation you know when you mentioned sports and climate change uh, i was just reading an article about how uh, in mexico there's a heat wave going on with over 50 degrees and uh, a lot of sports person have fallen sick getting back to uh, you know climate misinformation that we are talking about uh, do you feel that public perception of climate change like their willingness to take action changes because of misinformation that spread let's say you have a leader in a country who says climate change is hoax right imagine the kind of polarization that leader in the country can trigger because then a lot of voters will believe the kind of politics we have across the world these days then we see how people react to climate change then we see how that that party's followers that leader's followers react to climate change and that will what will it, what like it's it's kind of domino effect what it will lead to is then the leader the follower of those parties the, those party or the, or that leader will then not be in favor of taking steps to combat climate change we have seen some shades of that happening in us during the previous president's uh, tenure we have uh, shades of that happening in india when uh, you know a lot of uh, faith based groups or say sometimes even the political leaders say that climate change is nothing it is that it is it is that it is who we are changing not the climate so when we hear people or uh, cult figures talking like that it certainly leave, uh, you know leaves a huge impression on the mind of society at large that then's the kind of effort that they could have put in combating climate change i i'll tell you something like in november last year if i remember it right there was a survey by some international organization which talked about the climate misinformation in india like i'll i'll quote you a couple of figures that survey said that in india nearly half the population believes that india is leading the world on climate action you know another said that about 40 47% said that we should focus on efforts on technologies such as carbon storage rather than trying to cut our carbon emissions 33% one third of indians said that india cannot afford to reach the target of net zero by 2015 and someone and the 33% said that main reason our bills are increasing is due to climate and net zero policies okay let's let's just take one of this that 33% of indians say that the main reason our bills are increasing is due to climate change and net zero policies something which is exactly the opposite the policies that we have to for climate change and net zero 
are basically there to combat climate change <laughs> and people are looking at that the bills are increasing from whatever uh, you know correlation that they are making you can keep on looking at these things like there was there was this data about uh, that 43% people say that electric vehicles that batteries from electric vehicles cannot be reused or recycled like about 40 41% people so and that is and despite uh, despite companies and startups having uh, whole business around using lithium or recycling batteries from evs right so in a in a situation like this it can derail the whole action whether from the business side of it whether from the political side of it whether from the science side of it if public perception is molded against climate change using climate misinformation if public perception is you know becomes negative around it it can derail the whole action it can you know send any society by back by years in terms of their efforts against climate change in fact uh, i was uh, i forgot the name of the uh, comedian who plays mr bean uh, i think he went on to write an article in guardian about how uh, being a first mover in getting an electric vehicle has been disadvantageous for him but i think you know there's a lot of uh, reports now that have come out how he missed out a lot of points like uh, you know sometimes i think people make a lot of generalizing comments uh, without necessarily always looking at it. and i think at this point it's also important like you said about reporters role right uh, how uh, reporters ensure that reporters have to ensure that there is accuracy and uh, you know reliability of the information in the reports that they make on climate change and it is right it is a challenge right uh, the science of climate change is not uh, as easy it is uh, a little difficult what what would you suggest people who are writing on uh, you know on climate on climate there's a there's a scope for way too much misinformation that can creep in uh, because of lack of understanding of science in fact i'll give you an example rakesh last year during one of the trainings where i w- which i was attending uh there was a reporter colleague i'll not name there was a uh, colleague from journalism itself who said that in his area because in that in his areas in the last 10 years the weather has the climate has changed so much that the area which had very poor or negligible rain is now witnessing a, an, an increased amount of rain and he said that it doesn't matter for me like climate change why will we uh, like why will the people of my area will cry foul about climate change because we are getting more rains and for me that's that that's a like for for me as a reporter that's a red flag at the very at the same moment because we also need to understand about the ecology of the area about how uh, because more rains doesn't mean more prosperity always right and a lot of other stuff that how weather is changing etc etc but for me that's a flag like that's why in the starting itself i was talking about climate uh, climate literacy that we as the carriers of information whether through whether we write it through our articles whether through the social media we need to be very careful of what we are saying how we are saying what examples are we using do you have like any uh, strategies or approaches you use uh, to you know effectively communicate about these uh sometimes scientific complex concepts of climate change okay they, like i will be very honest there is no one solution fits all but there are few checks and safeguards that i uh, use for example i where if i am say using a scientific information i 
try and I I don't try to dumb it down, but I try to simplify it. Like we should not believe that our audience uh, are dumb or our listeners are dumb. So we need to simplify it, but not to the extent that we dumb it down or that we take out the effectiveness of the message. That is one. We need to use simple language, but in a way that it re- it keep at that it maintains the seriousness of the conversation. That is one. Uh, two, use authentic information. Sometimes, uh, as reporters, sometimes the media to get good numbers or to get uh, a fact that can startle the audience. Uh, they end up using facts which may not be entirely correct or which may not be entirely backed by science. So being very careful about the facts and the science we use. So we need to go to authentic sources. This can be IPCC, it can be organizations like WMO, it can be uh, top scientific institutes across the world or in, in our own country that is there. And one other thing that I like using is I like using data like for me personally, I like using data to put my point across. I like using examples uh, to emphasize on what I'm saying if in terms of climate. So for example, uh, let's say I'm talking about X area in Madhya Pradesh. Okay. And I'm talking about the impact of uh, in that particular district or in that particular region, I'm talking about the impact of climate change over the last 50 years. So if I can show with numbers uh, that how 50 years ago, this was the average in terms of uh, heat days, winter days, or weather uh, or rain, and how consistently over the last 50 years, these days have either decreased or increased or the intensity of the rain or the extreme weather events have increased. If I can show that, it makes much more sense to people than me just quoting one larger report that says that extreme weather events are increasing or frequency and, inter- frequency and intensity of extreme weather events are increasing and me reporting about it. If I can personalize, so basically for me, personalization using authentic sources, data are very, very important. And how we can safeguard that we don't end up, you know, falling for climate misinformation is being very careful of who we are quoting. Are we looking at some session? Are we looking at some sensationalized stuff or data in terms of putting our point across? So these are some of the basic hygiene that we have to maintain while we talk about this. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, also, because uh, I mean, in reporting, I have uh, many a times seen how uh, I mean visuals or uh, like you must have seen a recent. Uh, uh, video about you know an anchor holding an umbrella with wind <laughs> dramatization of uh, issues related to climate change i don't know if you have seen it uh, which is a major challenge in uh, i've been seeing that a lot in uh, uh, vernacular language channels uh, visual tv channels where you know uh, it becomes uh, a parody to a point where uh, you know instead of the issue at hand causing so much of destruction, the need for discussion to happen at, you know, at implementation, at policy, it's becoming a parody with, uh, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm putting it across right. No, no, in fact, you, you're in fact just adding to the conversation we just had that let's not dumb it down for people. Let's not, you know, let's not take out the seriousness and make it a butt of jokes because what happens, people the you know the attention from the issue of cyclone like what happened in the recent case and we saw a lot of tv anchors both from the regional and the national so called national channels we saw them over dramatizing the impact 
or over dramatizing how they were talking about the impact of cyclone or the cyclone per se so what it takes out is that people then focus on the anchors and their antics rather than the issue the over dramatization of the con- like what they end up doing is they over dramatize the impact they just talk about the uh, cyclone and the devastation while they forget to talk about everything else around it like what caused it whether it is natural whether arabian sea is now uh, increasingly looking increasingly there are more uh, cyclones in the arabian sea on india's western coast mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. while it it would have been a wonderful opportunity like we have seen so many studies which are now talking that cyclones in indian on india's western coast are increasing in arabian sea right that is the science that a lot of our scientists have said like this is the result of their science or their work this cyclone or the devastation it was causing while reporting about it it was a wonderful opportunity for the media to reach out to people and make them understand about the devastation about the impact of climate change how it is leading to uh, intense and uh, intense uh, extreme weather events and increasing frequency of these extreme weather events like cyclone but what we ended up doing was just talking about the devastation in an over dramatized manner which took out the seriousness and now people only remember those visuals whether it is through whatsapp whether it is through memes whether it is through uh, small videos uh, on social media people only remember those antics people like this was a golden opportunity lost and every time we end up doing the same our country has become uh, like it's so diverse also but at the same time you are seeing on the same day there's like 100 people who nearly 100 people who have died because of heat waves people who are like died because of cyclones you know extreme rainfall happening in one parts it's like crazy everything happening at the same time uh, i was also reading about you know uh, policies that are coming up to make sure that uh, the groundwater is not depleting so all happening at the same time uh with you know uh and we like like you said you know are starting to focus only on the over dramatization of it and you know to counter this what do you think uh, not just as journalists but what should media organizations do how do media organizations uh, take accountability in making sure that you know information on climate change is passed in a timely and proper manner uh, and make sure that misinformation disinformation or uh you know dumping down the science like we were discussing happens what should media organizations do so just to answer your question about what media needs to do i think the first thing that media needs to work on is climate literacy of not just the reporters but the editors as well because generally what we see that a lot of report that the, that there is a repeated emphasis on what reporters need to do but while ignoring what people on the desk whether it is videos or text so i think that becomes very very crucial when we are working on this uh, on climate or climate stories but the reality is this that a lot of media organizations may not have that kind of where with all the resources the capacity to do capacity building of their uh, staff so i think there comes the role of civil society organizations uh, a lot of private organizations scientists government so that together they can ensure that climate literacy of media organizations the capacity building of the staff is done second important point because i come from the same uh, fraternity i can say whether it is digital tv like online tv or uh, newspapers or written stuff magazines the problem of sensationalism because 
to sell the news a lot of time my fellow colleagues end up sensationalizing the stuff which creates problems which uh, in terms of climate misinformation impacts the people perception public perception so the first thing that we need to do is climate literacy then specifically we need to address the issue of sensationalism which is easier said than done but these are very very crucial i think for any media organization to do and third i think uh, we increasingly need to look at i still see a lot of media organizations not focusing on climate change despite the intersectionality we discussed uh, still not focusing on climate change still not having people looking at climate change as a subject day in and day out which i think as part of the capacity building but yeah larger larger i think it's time that we have people specifically focusing on climate change in every newsroom so do you feel that there is uh, any role of government uh, in terms of designing policies or um, any you know uh, in terms of uh, helping with spread of information i know it borders on the uh, censoring part of it right free speech uh, but uh, i just wanted to understand uh, do you think there is any possibility that government can get involved in making sure that or should government not get involved in <laughs> making sure that climate misinformation doesn't become bigger i will deal it in a very different way when i say the role of government i mean to say in terms of training because uh, i'll come to the censorship part but i i i meant that we generally when we talk about government we generally end up thinking government from the political leaders or the the ministers what i meant from the government is more from the institutions perspective there's a huge uh, opportunity for any organize for any country in terms of the institutions that we have for let's say for a country like india i think we have some wonderful institutions across the country who are doing amazing work on climate change and the kind of uh, things work that we are doing the need for government's role what i mentioned was to use those institutions to work with media on a regular basis to ensure the scientific flow of information is not curtailed to ensure that there is a proper there is there are regular interactions between experts and media so that both can benefit from each other it's like both will feed on each other's energy scientists are sometimes not great communicators i'm not saying all but sometimes are not great communicators and uh, which is which is something that they themselves admit so regular interactions with media will make them more savvy and more it will be an easier you know give and take relationship where media can uh, spread the information spread the science so that is where i talked about the role of media now because uh, our leaders our government are also made from the society from the people they come from the people so when we have a section of people talking about misinformation or spreading misinformation there are also a lot of times there are people in the government in the leadership uh, who spread misinformation themselves and uh, probably censoring information is also in their favor sometimes so i think it's a very thin line how to go about is as we keep talking about self regulation is important self regulation is critical being open to feedback is important so i think i am not in favor of uh, government censorship at all but yes uh, a system of feedback is very very crucial whether it the feedback is from public at large whether the feedback is from government officers or government systems uh, not forcing like not forcing any institution to work or to say a certain thing in a certain fashion is something i support 
but yes i think there needs to be some system of feedback there needs to be some system of feedback because i see a lot of my journalist uh, friends a lot of my media colleagues who get away with saying anything or by doing anything on uh, on television or in print they are just never accountable so the self regulation okay let's let's look at it in this way self regulation is there great it needs to be strengthened that is the first part a needs to be there needs to be a system of feedback and accountability without without it leading to censorship so i think this these two things together can make a huge difference in terms of how media can deal what do you uh, envision like the future of climate reporting to be uh, in you know especially in the context of increasing climate misinformation right with the use of technologies uh, like ai there's so much of misinformation that is expected to hit in the next few years at least you know uh, we are starting to already see uh, pictures and videos deep fake videos uh, what do you think you know uh, how do you think the climate uh, climate reporting should be uh, in this context okay uh, let's go back to what i said about the intersectionality of climate with climate slash environment with everything that we talk about politics business sports and at the heart of everything is influence and money right so in terms of climate misinformation spreading in years ahead or days ahead different countries are in different era right now so say in a country like us or some other western nations where there is a very heated debate on climate change it has become a very hot political potato it has become a major issue in terms of politics so there we see a lot of climate misinformation being being spread by tools whether it is ai see ai deepfakes these are just tools ultimately the actors are either the you know act it can be any actor it can be uh, political parties leaders it can be uh, cults it can be industry which is backing fossil fuel which doesn't want climate action to be fastened uh, it can be any actor and tool can be any it can be ai it can be deep fakes it can be anything but different countries are in different eras in terms of as i said us the the condition is completely different some other uh, western nations the condition of climate misinformation and climate conversations are different in a country like india how climate misinformation is spread is entirely different from or if not entirely different quite different from the other nations the impact will certainly increase as we grow as the the other actors wants to de- destabilize climate action some people who may not want a faster climate action will certainly come to fore and start using new tools to destabilize the narrative in favor of climate action so they will tr- certainly try to destabilize that narrative and i think that we will keep on seeing that how to counter that again we go back to the basics check authenticity of the sources uh, like for example let's say you receive a video from any top leader of any political party in india which is saying climate change is nonsense there is nothing like climate change blah 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 okay and you are a user in say tier 3 town or a village or or some village in far off who has poor access to social media or authentic sources so there we need to be in very careful like you can't expect anybody to just go and check like if i am in mumbai delhi i can probably go and check the official accounts of those leaders or look at the newspapers reporting whether that video is true or not but say somebody in far off distant area may not be able to so as media it is a duty like for example i have busted that 
Like there's this video going on and I have busted that or some fact checking organization has busted that on Twitter. But somebody in the village may not have access to that, right? So as media, I think our duty is to spread that message more. Like not be uh, curtailed by a sense that someone has reported because we need to understand the seriousness of the situation. And let's be honest, media is not God. You know, media cannot end up doing anything in everything. I cannot counter everything. We can play a part. And we need to just talk about that message more, keep busting it and keep repeating it so that probably it can reach the last last person in that queue who may not have received that message and who may have started believing that because my leader is saying that climate change is hoax, that climate change is nothing. So we need to keep on repeating that message in a simpler form. We like, I cannot go and give and throw uh, scientific facts like tuck, 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 tuck. These, there are three these facts and I cannot go and slap that scientific facts in that person's face. I need to talk in a language which is more easy for that person to understand. So I think that is media's role, which is very critical, that simplicity of the message, not dumbing it down, as we discussed, using authentic sources, and repeated, you know, hammering of that message. We just can't say that we have just presented the report once and we've done our duty. So somewhere media also needs to probably take up the work of dispelling climate misinformation. There have been a lot of occasions in this country's uh, timeline where media took up the role of public service, wherein it stepped up to dispel a lot of misinformation and uh, contribute in uh, building of the nation. I think this is also a critical time in our country where media needs to be very sensitized about climate change and the misinformation around it and the impact, the danger it poses to the society at large. And that is why as public service, media needs to imbibe uh, climate change policies or media needs to look at climate change policies and imbibe the sense of reporting in a fair and uh, simple simplistic manner so that people at large can understand the, the urgency of climate change and uh, avoid misinformation.